That's the first point I wanted to make. The second point is about the role of infill within London. Um, this is London in, I think, about 1800 or so, um, and just rolling forward the development of London to um, about 1880 um, to about 1950, I think that is. And the interesting thing is that up until that time it was going outwards and outwards and outwards. And then the Green Belt arrived, and everything since then has happened within the urban fabric. So pretty much all development within London after the Green Belt was introduced has been infill development. And so infill, more than any other city in the UK really, is, is a city of infill. And the extraordinary thing is that when you do, as we did work on urban, um, uh, urban brownfield developments and urban infill and, and urban housing capacity, is that, um, that, that there's a, this big industry out there um, looking, measuring urban capacity. And you'll go to somewhere like Liverpool and they'll say there's no capacity to put any more housing within Liverpool. And yet London is far more densely developed than Liverpool is. And Lo London has far more housing demand and also far more housing supply than Liverpool does. And yet it all fits. Somehow it all finds its way into sites within London because the demand's there to seek out sites and to make it happen in the way the demand isn't there necessarily elsewhere. So the first thing is that... Um, it's a key thing. So this is the um, recently, I think it's a fairly recently published Brownfield Land Database in London. Um, and the, the sites show the range of sites. If you, um, if you um, zoom in, you can see the range of sites which even now are available within London for infield development, from you know, little slithers of land, uh, almost too small to count, right up to quite significant things, Elvis Castle down there and so on. Um, yeah, there is a still an awful lot of opportunity for infield development at different scales happening in within London. Um, and as I said, when you master plan this stuff, it often has much less character and diversity than it does if you do so incrementally. And so certainly as an urban designer, when we master plan, um, as I was just talking, I'm not going to steal your thunder here, but um, when we master plan, we master plan, we create a framework for different architects to work within, um, within the framework that we create. And it works best when each architect is dealing with their site as if it's an infill site, as if they're trying to push the boundaries of their site in an infill situation.